I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. From the outskirts of Anchor, heading on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello! On today's episode, we're talking all about the new Rogue One trailer. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show! And we have a guest on the show to talk about Rogue One. We have Danny from Rogue Padron. Welcome back, Danny! Hey, howdy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about the trailer. Yes. We had another show planned, and then they put a trailer out. Incidentally, also about pilots. It was. We do that (laughs) next week. You two do have a brand. We do. It's a hashtag brand. All right, before we go too much further, though, a note from our sponsors, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support this show of Dyson Droids, uh, Western Reaches, the Tashi Station Book Club, the Throncast, and everything else we're doing on the network. And we're also brought to you in part by Her Universe. Fill out your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. All right, Nancy, it's time for Fixer's Flash. What have we been up to? What have you been up to? Uh, I read Ahsoka, that book that came out this week, um, and I've been writing a bunch and reading for the Throncast, and we got to my favorite chapters, so I'm very happy. <laughs> I, I I noticed just a little bit you were happy. What? It's Luke and Mara. Just a little bit. Wait, can I guess which characters are involved in your favorite chapter? Well, I just said it, but yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, Yeah, that's about it. I've been writing a bunch. I've been taking a class on world building, which is very useful, so... By uh, the class is being run by Delilah S. Dawson, who yes. wrote the insider short, uh, The Perfect Weapon. No. Not an insider short, an actual uh, released novella. Yeah, and, and an insider short about Greer. Yes. Called Scorched. So, That's yeah. super cool. What What's the coolest thing you've learned so far? Or like um, most relevant, I guess, to your writing? Well, I'm mainly I signed up for it because I world building is kind of like the worst thing i my worst thing when writing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like um it's kind of always the last thing i think of so i wanted to get some ways so to sort of like figure out what i'm doing before i actually start writing the book so i can put some world building into the first draft and not just go back and add everything when i'm done um so um she had us do like a world profile, which I thought was really helpful, and a character profile. And just like, I think really just her critique, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, we wrote, the last week we wrote, we actually wrote our first part of the chapter, and she uh, 
you know, critiqued it. And it's, I didn't feel like giving up writing when I was, when I got the critique, which is always a good sign. Because <laughs> if you get a critique and you're like, I should quit, then, you know. But no, I was like, okay, this is good. I, I know what to fix now. So, yeah. That's super cool. Yes. I'm, I'm pleased. Brian. I mean, as for me, I've been dealing with exploding cell phones. <laughs> Yes. That's a geeky thing. I, I purchased a Galaxy Note 7. I regret purchasing a Galaxy Note 7. What have you learned, Brian? <laughs> Don't buy a Galaxy Note 7? Don't be an early adopter. Let other people make mis the mistakes. <laughs> My iPhone 6 had a dying battery. I needed a new phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> now you have an exploding battery. <laughs> no, now I have a Galaxy Note 5. Yes, but you still have the Note 7 in the house, which I... I the other day, I was like, Brian, you need to take that phone with you. And he was like, why? And I'm like, because I don't want it to get on fire while we're not at home. Meanwhile, if it burns down my office, we're okay. <laughs> uh, other than that, I've been playing a bunch of FIFA 17. I've been working on a half dozen podcasts. Yeah. And FIFA 2017, for those who don't know, actually has a storytelling mode on it. I was very confused when I saw you playing it and you like people were talking and having conversations. I'm like, I thought you were playing. Wait. Yeah. FIFA is soccer, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh... There's there's a there's more of a story in FIFA 2017 than in Battlefront. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. FIFA 17 has a much has a far superior single player mode. You're than Battlefront. You're playing the guy. You're like you're playing a character through the game, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called the journey. <laughs> the journey to making it in the English Premier League. And there, and there's a the the character you're playing. Explain who the character is. You're you're playing a character by the name of Alex Hunter. Mm -hmm. Is he a Jedi? No, <laughs> oh. but he is black, and a bunch of racists aren't happy about that. Wow. And you can't customize it. So to the racists, haters to the left, go play something else. Yes, because there are no people of color playing soccer in the international leagues. None at, none at all. No, it's only like a lot. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been up to. How about you, Danny? Well, we're working our way through the back to war on Rogue Padron. So we nice just plug. Recently... Very, very seamlessly yeah. <laughs> inserted. Excellent. <laughs> Check it out. We uh, we just got to experience the return of Bro Jace, which was quite a thrill. <laughs> Thanks to you guys. Uh, he is now headcanon for me as a stoned beach bum. Oh, just wait till tomorrow's episode. We took that and ran with it. Uh, I'm so excited. We have, nice. We have other ideas about that, too. Um, I'm like everyone else. I'm reading Ahsoka because I had to wait until publication date for some sad reason. Oh. And... <laughs> Um, oh, I started watching Supergirl on Netflix, which is just a delightful show. So I have to catch up on that. I I think we watched like the first three episodes and I really liked it, but I have a hard time catching up with television. The, the problem is you and I are just bad at watching television. We really are. The only yeah, thing I've I, stayed on top of is The Expanse. I, I watched a couple episodes live as well, but I'm just I, I Netflix has consumed me and that is how I watch pretty much all of my television. Yeah. Through. My TV uh, watching is pretty much limited to Saturdays and Sundays when I can binge. So you better have it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. Well, 
And the expanse just is coming to Netflix. I'm oh, so yeah, I saw excited. that. I'm super excited. Yeah. Because uh, I have these a couple of people I follow on Twitter are just constantly talking about how great it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm That's excited Brian. to finally check it out. It's Battlestar, but with likable characters. Yeah. So, hey, Nancy, what is new on the blog since we uh, last convened here? Uh, we got a bunch of stuff. We got a bunch of comic reviews, including Darth Vader number 25, which was the finale of the series that just came out yesterday. Um, I believe Bria used GIFs for that. Uh, we reviewed the Ahsoka novel, and also we reviewed the audiobook. So if you want to see if you should pick that up, you should read it. Spoilers, we recommend it. If you like Ahsoka, because, you know, it's about her. <laughs> uh, we got we started our Rebels reviews because Rebels is back. Uh, we're doing our usual rotation for the episodes. Uh, Brian got to review the Antilles extraction because his wife is very nice and gave him that spot. You gave up the Antilles extraction to take a mall episode. You're the best. I did. Wow, that's true love right that there. That is true love. I didn't know it was the mall episode when I off- when I volunteered to let Brian have the wedge episode. Um, but it was fine because I ended up liking the end of it. So it's all good. It was as close to a Luke Skywalker reference as we're going to get on Rebels. It so. really was. I was happy. You know, the key to destroying the Sith. And Brian gets to talk about Wedge and that other random pilot who I don't think is relevant to the EU, I'm pretty sure. Hobby. Hobby. Bug bite. Yeah, next week we're going to be talking about why, about pilot sub fandom and why people actually give a crap about Hobby Clivian. Oh, God. Did people give a crap about Hobby Clivian? Yes, they do. You will know Hobby if you've read uh, Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor. The, the, that book starts with him getting injured. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, um, oh, and Matthew also reviewed the season two Blu-ray. So that was cool. Uh, Saf, who is on every blog and podcast, started a new gaming column called Teacups and One-Ups, where she's reviewing games and pairing them with tea. Because she wants to. <laughs> and also, we started a new podcast, also with Saf, <laughs> and also hosted by show called uh, Ace Space, which is about geeky things and a sexuality and aromanticism. And all- also this month, completely unrelated, Saf announced her initiative to stop sleeping ever again. <laughs> Saf is just committed to um, furthering the design of artificial intelligence that she can just upload her consciousness into. And I think she's just protesting sleep now to get what she wants there. (laughs) So, yep, that's what's new on the blog. Check it out, Tashi-Station.net to see all of that. And on that note, it's time for Deke's Dirt. News from around fandom and Rogue Friday happened. Yeah, I bought some toy. We bought some toys at on Disney Saturday. World. Yeah, we didn't do Rogue Friday. We did. We we were at a food and wine festival that Saturday at Epcot, and they sell Star Wars toys at Disney World now, and and we get a discount because we're pass holders. So we bought our toys there. We got Jin Urso and K two So the regular three and a quarter inch figures. We also bought a two pack of. Uh, Poe in his dress uniform just because and uh i got a mug with krennic on it um i did not get the mug have a cape 
No, but the cape is on the mug. Oh, you should get an attachable mug cape. Yes. <laughs> that could be a napkin, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I think that's all we got. Is that all we got? I think that's all we got. Oh, we got uh, X-Wing pilot pins. Yes. Very important. I'm an X-Wing pilot. Yes. According to that pin I got from <laughs> Disney. And uh didn't buy any of the Her Universe clothes because they were not out yet, but I want that Rogue They are dress. out now. Yes. We so. might be looking for them tomorrow. Oh, right. We're going to be at that. Oh, right. Yes. We need to go. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we bought toys. Uh, Danny, did you buy any Rogue One toys? I so here's my Rogue One story or Rogue Friday story. I am trying really hard to save my pennies for celebrations, so I was bound and determined not to go. And the nice thing about being in the Central Time Zone is that Eastern Time Zone hit midnight first. So I was scrolling through my newsfeed, and at about 11:50, I noticed that Toys R Us was giving out free posters and T-shirts to everyone who walked through the door. So I was like, I'm awake, hopped in my car, drove to Toys R Us. The line had already gone in, so I walked in, got a free T-shirt, got a free poster. All the shelves were completely empty at that point. So I turned right back around, walked out, and went home for the night. And it was a great night. Mission accomplished. That's yeah. amazing. And I really love this shirt. It's a cute little Funko Pop Rogue One shirt. So that's that great. Was a, that was awesome. Thanks, Toys R Us. <laughs> out of New York Comic Con, we've got uh, some news here. Rogue One books are hitting on May 2nd. Yeah, I think uh, we already knew that some were coming, but they officially announced them. There is going to be a Baze and Chirrut middle grade novel written by Greg Rucka. Yay, I'm so glad he's writing another middle grade yes, novel. Yes, I like Greg Rucka, and I would I would like him to write a lot of books, because he's very good at them. Uh, and, and hopefully it has lots of kissing in it. I don't think so, but I will write those missing scenes. Okay, sounds good. Possibly. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah. So, as an aside, and we can also talk about this more during the trailer, but I was saying to Brian, like, it seems like they've really dropped the ball because Bayes and Chirrut seems like the most, the easiest way for them to do a same-sex couple representation without, like, making a quote-unquote big deal about it because they're already supposed to be, like, partners and have looked out for each other a lot and it's just like just just make it like where they're actually boyfriends just do the <laughs> or thing. husbands just do the thing yes if only i know like and they don't have to do anything in the movie about it like they can just like hug each other you know and that's <laughs> all they need to do it's a star i mean it's a star wars movie it's not going to be graphic anyway but yeah Lost. Watch it all be a red herring and there'll actually be like a super intense romance between Cassian and K2SO. <laughs> I, I think Saf's ears just perked up. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're also partners, so. Exactly. Um, there's also going to be a Jin Erso young adult book written by Beth Revis, who wrote the Across the Universe trilogy. And I'm so excited about this. Can I just say, like, I love that Disney is um, embracing this YA genre and they like should. Lost Stars and Ahsoka. Yeah, it's like it's so perfect for Star Wars. And I'm really excited for this Jyn Erso book. Well, to be stereotypical, it seems like the female protagonists, especially the younger ones, are just ripe for YA books mm -hmm. because I mean, I can't imagine I can imagine a, a, a book about an older Ahsoka, like an adult novel, but Ahsoka 
and the period that it's told like right after order 66 it's like yeah of course it's gonna be a ya book there's no other way to do it yeah and yeah. with Jin, like i don't know if she's gonna be older you know during the time but even that like you know i mean i yeah boys read ya but it's very stereotypically girls who read ya and it's like okay well you have a female character and a female author so yes you're gonna make it ya <laughs> and someone like beth revis who's got a big fandom you know people will probably read the book that aren't really into star wars because they want to read but nancy but, girls don't like star wars um that's untrue <laughs> that's not true no i i can gar- i can verify that it's not also, I can think of at least two or three girls that like Star Wars. Yeah. Also, so I have a there's a new uh, coworker in my office, and sh- her um, daughter is 13 and is really into Rebels, and she writes fanfic. So her mom was telling me all about it and like how they took her to the Ahsoka book signing the other day, and she was so excited to meet Ashley and E.K. Johnston, and it just it, fills my heart with and so like, much. She's warmth. like, she's like, she's like, my she just re- wrote all summer, and she was so excited that her daughter was actually really into it, and she knows like she wants to write for Lucasfilm. That's her dream job, and that's all she wants to do. And I'm like. I'm really glad that you're supporting her and not saying don't write fan fiction because it's stupid because that's how you learn to write. I want to get her. Also, sorry, sorry, go go ahead, ahead, Brian. No, go ahead. Also, when people say, I just wish Rebels was more of a grown up or more of a mature show, I'm just going to play back that audio clip for them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to get her like a care package from Delray or something. Well, I said, I'm like, well, you're going to go to Celebration, right? And she's like, I, you know, I think, yeah, we're going to, we're going to take her. And I'm like, yeah, that's so cool. And I'm like, when you go, I I will give you my number. Text me. I will bring you to the Delray booth and be like, here, please take care of this child. (laughs) 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 She wants to be a writer. Take care of her. So, yeah. In a good way, not in a Darth Vader kind of way. Yes. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, I'd say things like, oh, I want Rebels to be more. It's not necessarily I want Rebels to be more adult. I just want it to be longer. Like, I wish the episodes were an hour long instead of 22 minutes. 13 hour long episodes instead of 22 30 minute long episodes. Yeah, it's not like the actual writing. It's just I feel like a lot of times the episodes are way too short and I want them to be longer and yeah. more in depth but i like rebels for what it is and i like that it is for a specific demographic and i think that like all of us adults in the fandom are just clinging to it because it is the only tv star wars and i think hopefully someday once we get our netflix series please 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 then we'll be able to to have a little better perspective on that i keep thinking of like if they do a netflix series that's in the vein of the expanse where it's like you know very short seasons telling a tight story it'd be mm-hmm. amazing or yeah. like the Marvel series, basically. I, I said on Twitter yesterday, Ewan McGregor has again said that mm. he'd be up for an Obi-Wan duology. Why not just have him do 10 hour long Star Wars movies and stick it on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Do it in the vein of a BBC miniseries. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Um, what were you talking about? <laughs> oh, the YA book. <laughs> yes. So Jenner's a YA book yeah. uh, by Beth Revis is coming. 
And also, they said that they're going to have next year a 40th anniversary publishing program. And we should be getting some announcements on some of the things we'll be seeing on that very soon. Yes, uh, which I guess is cool. It's probably going to be like all intertwined with books and comics. So I'm still I still have my fingers crossed for a Chuck Wendig penned Phantom Squadron book. I mean, I am just excited that someone on the roundtable mentioned that they want to write about Luke Skywalker. And I'm like, yes, please let Charles Soule write about Luke Skywalker. I mean, Charles Soule should get to write about anything he wants. So, yes. yeah, endorse. Yeah. After listening to that roundtable, I really want Chuck Wendig and Kieran Gillen to team up for something. Oh, like, my particularly God. Particularly in the vein yes. of Jar Jar Binks. Oh, God, that would be amazing. <laughs> HK47 Jar Jar team up comic. Yes, do it. There you go. Oh, yep. wow. What more do you need? Yeah, that um, roundtable from New York Comic Con is online now, so um, uh, we posted it on the blog, so you can... Yeah, we've got the uh, video embedded on the blog if you want to go track that down. Yes, it was very good. And Danny, so this, we'll let you wait, give the well, next news. Oh, I, I want—I just want to ask, like, so this just means, like, that there are gonna, they're, they're going to push more books and comics on it? Or, like, what exactly does it mean that it's a 40th anniversary? I think it's just something to commemorate the anniversary um, mm-hmm. it's probably something akin to the journey to the force awakens, like where everything was like geared for a specific thing. Um, but I'm not like sure what it'll be about. Like Got it's it. going to be, so it's like a multimedia and they'll yeah. probably all have like the same banner on them to kind of tie them together loosely. That's what I'm assuming. Cool. So yesterday, yesterday, as we said, was the final issue of Darth Vader number 25. And spoilers, if you haven't read it yet, although <laughs> it was kind of spoiled. Yes, they gave everyone like a full six hours to read it before dropping this. News. Yes. Uh, Danny, <laughs> yes. we'll let you give this news because you um, like this character a lot. Um, high pitched squealing. <laughs> you want Dr. Say- Afra is getting her own, not just a miniseries, but an ongoing comic series spinning out of the Darth Vader series. And yes, it is still penned by Kieran Gillen. Yes. And I'm so thrilled for so many reasons. Number, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of this character. I cosplayed her my only first and only cosplay of my life um, at Dragon Con. And um, she was just clearly the breakout star of the comic series. And the fact that this is the first of the Marvel comic series to focus on an original comic character and the fact that it's an ongoing and not just a miniseries shows just how much faith they have in this and how much popularity that uh, she had with the fandom so i'm really excited about that and then just the icing on the cake is that this character is a woman of color uh Mm -hmm. that's just amazing i um have said i i think i posted on twitter yesterday that i really i i'm not like a big fan of f i mean because i don't like i haven't read it so i don't know anything about her but i like that everyone is so excited about her and it reminds me of mara jade when the thrawn trilogy was coming out when everyone was just like fell in love with his character and then so they started putting her in games and then they're like oh we should put her in more of the books and they had a comic series about her you know and then oh she married luke so <laughs> i i like that they are you know listening you know saying oh the fans really like this character and there's stories we can tell about her so we'll give her a comic and especially that it's a female character i like that so a plus uh, I, I do have to ask you, Danny, what was your reaction when Vader went all Laura Roslin and airlocked her? 
I, I mean, they got, I was lucky enough to have read the comic before the news dropped, so I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. And and the whole time I was reading it, I thought, okay, they're they're going to do something and and bring her back. But then I, I was reading it digitally, so I was just going panel by panel. And then the series ends and roll credits, and Afro was just out there in space. And I was like, oh my gosh, they actually did it. And then you swipe to the next panel, and there's this little coda that they tacked on there. So again, really well done. It's a shame that most of the fans aren't going to get to experience this without the big spoiler. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, super cool news. I'm really glad, and I I'm I'm trying to think of other characters I, I'd like to get a comic or just not even just a comic, but like a book about them. Um, Yvonne, I can see them doing a comic about Yvonne. Ray Sloan. Or, yeah. Well, I mean that's kind of unfair because she's been in a bunch of stuff. She needs her own book, though. I mean, it's called Aftermath Trilogy. <laughs> I mean, we could have see about like her joining the empire or rising through the empire, but um, I would like more about Ransom Casterfo. You mean before they kill him? No, he. What are you talking about? He didn't die. He's totally dead. He is not dead. I don't know what you're talking about. He is perfectly fine. If Afro, I'm. Oh, sorry. I was just going to throw in that I'm ready for more from Twilight Company. Uh, whether that comes in the form of a book or a comic, I'd love to see those characters again. I'd like more brand and I'd like Janine to get to write that. Yes, definitely. Yes. Um, also let's see. I want more Sinjir. Well, yes, (laughs) I want to see, but I want to see like early, like so does Wedge Antilles. Oh, no, he, no, Tycho. I want to see Tycho. That's who I want to see. Tycho exists in canon. I keep forgetting. (laughs) Uh, we just conveniently haven't seen him in any way shape or form he's there we're gonna talk about him next week i really need to find the panel from the x-wing comics of wedge and taiko working out at the gym shirtless and send it to you to you guys (laughs) oh i'm pretty sure one of our rogue pod listeners sent that to us a while back i probably got it excellent somewhere it's it's a good panel i think Heath went unconscious for a short period of time (laughs) yes uh, yep, so that's Deke's Dirt, news from around fandom, which brings us to Big's bullshit, Star Wars film news. Yeah. And uh, we start with Han Solo casting. Uh, we've got word or rumors that Tessa Thompson, Zoe Kravitz, and Naomi Scott are in the running for the uh, lead female role in the film. Yeah, apparently they tested for it, so that's pretty, you know, pretty clear that they're in the running for it. And they also tested for more of the Lando role. Um, I, I don't remember who the actors were, but, um, all of these women are not white, which is very cool, um, because Star Wars has a problem where you can either be a person of color or a woman, but usually not the same. (laughs) So see Rogue One for more. Yes. So, um, I, I, I like this and I hope that whoever this character is, whether it's Sana Solo, um, or a new character that they are awesome and not romantically involved with either Han or Lando. Um, and they're just a cool smuggler in their own right. Um, I, I, I would actually wouldn't mind if they were like Lando's love interest, if it wasn't like the focus of that, you know, but definitely not Han's love interest. He doesn't need a love interest. He has Chewie. (laughs) I mean, really, that's his love interest before Leia is the Falcon. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be real. 
so yeah um and all the other uh you know film news is rogue one which brings us to cammy's concerns we're talking all about the rogue one trailer that dropped this morning on good morning america there was a poster too that they revealed on the star wars show yesterday yes there was a poster uh gareth edwards uh <laughs> showed up on the star wars show just slightly off camera he seems in. very fun he, he seems chill i like him um He's but, just he, just one of the many cases of what we're seeing in this era of fandom of just like a fan just living their dream to the fullest. Like he's the one that's just like a giddy little kid on set, right? I, Are I there bet stories he's been, about him just like totally fanboying out? I bet he's been screaming internally for the last three years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just nonstop. Uh, yeah. So the Rogue One trailer. Mm hmm. Yeah. Where do where do we start on this? Um, it was good. <laughs> that's podcast night everybody <laughs> um so first of all we got more trailers for rogue one than we did for well that's not true we got the same amount of trailers for rogue one than we did force awakens but they were longer and more involved because we got the first trailer in march we got another one in was it july mm-hmm. and then this one so three, yeah, and then also we st- we got the sizzle reel as well, right? And we got three trailers for Force Awakens, but the first one was a super teaser. The second one was also a teaser with no dialogue, and you really didn't know what the plot was. And it wasn't until the last trailer in October we're like, oh, I kind of know what this movie is about now. <laughs> I feel also, like we fun know. Fact, Luke, t- Luke had more lines in the trailers than he did in the movie. Which yep, <laughs> cracks me up every time I think about it. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Nancy. It's um <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> I um so yeah, I feel like we know more or a lot more about Rogue One, but obviously like cuz we know the story, you know, sealing the Death Star plans. But um I liked that this trailer started off right away with more of Jin's backstory where she came from and also it's the first time we've seen um Galen Erso and Krennic and kind of hinting at the relationship they have, which I'm really excited to read Catalyst and find out more about that. So I have a question about Galen. Mm-hmm. He, when they first announced all the cast, they had pictures of all the cast and character and they gave deep backstories about their character. And then it was like, and also Mads Mikkelsen. And it was yeah. a portrait of him wearing plaid. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, like all this time, it was like, what is the big deal with this character? It was kind of like Snoke and Luke, like, why aren't we seeing this character? What's the bigger deal? And then in this trailer, he's just there and there doesn't appear to be anything like secretive about it. So do you all have any theories about why they're being secretive about him up to this point? Or is it just, they just didn't have a good photo of him and and fans like took that and ran. I think mainly because of what his importance was to the plot. Um, I, he's, it kind of seems like he's almost the MacGuffin. So mm-hmm. they, you know, we know it's about stealing the Death Star plans, but we didn't really know that there's a personal connection with Jin and the Death Star, basically. Um, so it's 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 them trying to steal the plans, but also she's trying to either get in contact with her father or find her father or something uh, because he's involved with the Death Star. Do you think the first line of the crawl will be Galen Urso has vanished? <laughs> That would be really funny. <laughs> I still don't know if there's going to be yeah, a call. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so either, actually. Yeah. I mean, I I think it would be really cool if they did what they did during the Rogue One panel at Celebration, 
<laughs> which where they start the A New Hope trailer and then just focus on the rebel spaceships striking from hidden base and then just cut right to the movie. I feel like that's a little too like breaking the fourth wall to start I know. the movie. <laughs> but that was a really cool way to start the panel at least. <laughs> or like freeze frame on the ship and then Jin Urso voiceover. You're probably wondering how we got here. <laughs> record scratch. <laughs> yeah, record scratch. <laughs> yes. Um so yeah, they um we start with them. Uh we see and then Jin wakes up in a cell. And she is prisoner somewhere. Uh, there's an alien with her in the cell. Yeah, I love that little tentacle guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, then she, uh, it's in, it looks like it's in Jed. I don't know if it's in Jeddah or if the next shot is just Jeddah. And then um, the they come in and break her, basically break her out of jail. Um. I'll, then we see that awesome, awesome, awesome shot of going overhead and seeing the Jedi statue in the sand. That was so cool. I did not notice that until someone pointed it out. And then I went back and I was like, holy crap. Yeah, same. That is very reminiscent of the Star Destroyer um, on Jakku in that first teaser we saw or the second teaser we saw. And I kind of wish that they had played this at a celebration so we could see it on a big screen and have people realizing what it was and have Brian's reaction of, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was good, but it's still not as good as that crashed Star Destroyer. Uh, So, yeah. So it looks like it's Luke Skywalker because it's got a beard, right? So we've got some crazy time travel theories about this. I think, Danny, there was a lot. In Legends, it's called flow walking. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Wait, for real? Yes. Wait, this is a thing? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's terrible. No. Bring back Legends. (laughs) Um, I I regret to inform you, Danny, that a lot of Jedi have beards. (sighs) Yeah, okay, that's fair. You know, what really struck me about Jin in this trailer was she was a lot more optimistic and hopeful yeah. than I expected and was a very different vibe than I got from the first trailer. It was. Yeah, I'm I I'm very interested to learn more about her. And I'm wondering if she starts off more cynical and becomes more optimistic, which, you know, is very typical of Star Wars characters. Han Solo. Yeah, that was my my guess going into it was that she was going to have a very Han Solo kind of arc. But yeah. I agree with Brian that based on this trailer, it almost seems like that like it's not going to take as much to get her on board. Yeah. Either that or there, it was just very heavily focused on the latter half of the film in this trailer, which is pretty unconventional as far as trailers go. So yeah, I'm wondering if it's something like where she finds out her father is involved and then she's like, I'm in, you know. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, could be. So we see more of the Rebel base, which is very awesome and brings back all the feels from A New Hope. Uh, We get more of Mon Mothma. We see another bitch please look of hers, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that briefing scene where they're telling her about what's going on with the mission and asking about her father. Um, And then they, you know, Basically, flat out say he's working on the Death Star. 
Um, it's a, and they then they say, call it a super weapon, which is I think is the first time they've actually said that word in a movie. So that's kind of cool. Um, there's this really interesting shot of what looks like some sort of research facility or a prison. Um, and I want to know where that is and what that is. It looks vaguely familiar. Yeah. I don't know. Have we seen something like that in Rebels? Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, and then and then there's a really interesting shot. That's when um, Galen comes out and it's in he comes out and state basically him and Krennic are having a staring contest. <laughs> there's there's several of them. There's the one They seem to do that a lot. Yes. I'm really What if the entirety of Catalyst is just the two of them in a locked in a staring contest? <laughs> And he has a hat. Uh, Karnak has a hat and a lesser out, lesser jacket or overcoat thing. It's not as good as the cape. He he definitely nothing is as he good levels as the cape. up throughout the book. <laughs> um, a really awesome, cool shot of the Death Star hovering over a planet, which. Um, Danny, you mentioned before the show just the cinematography of the trailer in general was really yeah. cool, and this was one of those. That I feel like every trailer has given us like this killer money shot of the Death Star. Like this, this movie, half of this movie is just like Death Star porn. Like they're just making up for all the missed opportunities from A New Hope to just give these killer shots of the Death Star. Yes, they the first this I think the last one was the trail upside down Death Star. Yeah. And now it's this one. <laughs> um so yeah, we see that shot. We see more of um Jin and Cassian and the rest of the crew where they're all talking to kind of they're you know getting ready to go on the mission. There's um what's Baze's line? He says says something like when do we go or something like that? And then Chirrut smiles. <laughs> Chirrut is doing so much acting in this trailer. <laughs> I'm really multiple. He makes a lot of funny faces. I'm really excited for to he, see he Donnie is, in now he, just because of that. He is very Mark Hamill making faces. In yes, the background. I was yes. just going yes. to say that. Yes. I'm so yeah, the, the the part where Jin is like talking to all of them on the freighter and it cuts to the team and he just gives the goofiest smile. I love it so much. Yes, that it's 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 really good. So also another uh, kind of while we're talking about him, uh, a good diversity thing that was really present in this trailer was not only um, cheer it with his being blind, but also we got very clearly that uh, Saw Gerrera is walking on prosthetic legs. Yes. Um, and I, I know we have talked a lot about the diverse, the racial diversity, but just ha to have two of the main characters like very clearly exhibiting disabilities. Again, Territory Star Wars hasn't really covered before. Yeah, it was really, really, really cool. cool to see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, base. That's going to be powerful for a lot of audience who hasn't had heroes in Star Wars like that before. Yeah. And Bay, uh, Bay says, all right. <laughs> count Darth Vader. <laughs> um, He's just crispy. Yeah. <laughs> the Bay's line is, all right, how many do we need? <laughs> so that's cool. And then Bodhi gives this look like, what the hell? I don't know what, what's Bodhi going on. Bodhi was giving me Poe Dameron vibes. 
Really? Yeah, I was kind of getting his that line a bit. where he says the title of the movie. Like, I felt like if I closed my eyes and just listened to it, I would have thought it was Poe Dameron saying that. I mean, I saw some people who were snarking about the fact that they said the title in the movie. But come on, the title is a call sign. You have to use that in the movie. Yeah, right. it was kind of cheesy how they're like, Rogue, Rogue One, you know? Yeah, it was kind of like Bond, James Bond. <laughs> it's, it, remi- it's, it seemed like something they added as an afterthought in the reshoots. They're like, hey, we should mention where that Rogue One comes from. <laughs> Um, yeah, after they announced it, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, X Wing movie!" And they're like, "Uh oh, yeah." <laughs> we I might need to add a line in the script to justify this. Well, we can we can discuss a little bit later, but I think I don't know. I hope there's a red herring going on there, but we have. Um, so that's when he does the call sign thing. Um, so um, then we see Krennic yelling at Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Which I good don't life think, decision right there. I don't think is a good idea. <laughs> he looks a lot different in this shot. He's a lot more suave. So this is later on, and he's got his cape, his awesome cape. Um, so yeah, he's talking about the power of the Death Star, <laughs> and I like that. Um, I like that line. I know a lot of people said it was cheesy, but I liked it. I'm very curious to learn what his relationship is with Tarkin because I mean. And a new hope Tarkin is clearly like the a new or the the Death Star guy, and so I'm curious to know. I mean, I think I have a pretty clear idea where Krennic is by the time we get to a new hope. But like, what is their relationship, and and why, or like how their responsibilities differ? I guess I have a feeling that me. they've got a frosty relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a shot in the trailer of someone walking into the like the control room, and everyone is suspecting that it might be Tarkin. Um, because you only see him from behind, which would kind of be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I feel like they gave they specifically gave Galen and Krennic a like a personal relationship so that we could follow Krennic and it would be logical and not being right. like, well, Tarkin should be the person because obviously they can't use Tarkin. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, they can, they could, you know, they would have to recast anyway, but I feel like you can't recast that role. It's too. Yeah. Not in this, in this point in the timeline. Yeah. Um, so we see them. We, it looks like they are over Jetta. So might they be destroying Jetta? Probably. It's probably going to happen. Mm. Oops. Bye Jetta. Oops. Um, there is a, shot of um Krennic um standing there and Vader walking through fog towards him and dear god that shot is so amazing I I I fear for Krennic's life on a scale of one to ten how Vader does he get (laughs) ten I was actually talking about this with Jay earlier and he was very upset about the idea of Krennic dying and I was like Jay He's going to die. I'm going to yeah. be, I will actually be mad if he doesn't die. The, the question isn't, does he die? It's how horrible yeah. is his death? And the thing is, is because I I feel like if they don't kill him, it'll just be like, see, we didn't have to kill him. You all thought we did. And I'm, you know, most of the time I'm cool with they figure out how to keep a character alive, you know, but. In this story, during this time period, when you have an Imperial who fails and there's Vader around, 
dude's gonna get dead. Yeah. I think especially with this trailer, a lot of us have kind of been joking about like, oh, who's going to make it out alive? And I think with this trailer now, that really is the question. Like usually the big question going to like The Force Awakens is how I'm going to die, who's going to die. And this one, the question is who is going to survive? Yeah the, the, yeah, the surprises won't be who dies. It's who makes it to the end. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I mean, I get mad when they kill characters just for shock value. I also get mad when they when they pull the punches and don't kill the characters when they need to. And mm-hmm. I feel like this would be a situation where they're just like, Oh, look how what we look, what we figured out. And it's like, but yes, it's obvious. And yes, we're all waiting for it, but we're all waiting for it for a good mm-hmm. reason because we saw the empire strikes back. Well, sometimes you have to do the obvious thing to make whatever twist you might have in mind more effective. Yeah. And also there's the fact that like this is leading into this original trilogy. And if these these characters are clearly very prominent and they're going to be hopefully raised up as heroes in the rebellion, it, you know, it'd be it just kind of like with the the rebels in the, in the TV show. Like it's very suspicious that suddenly they're just not there at all. Yeah. And um, it's you have it like the more characters you keep alive, the more excuses you have to start making for why the source material, you know, doesn't have them in it. Yeah. It, it just gets very complicated, I feel like. Yeah, it does. I really liked the briefing scene at the Rebel base, uh, mainly because I didn't realize that, you know, there was going to be an actual, like, briefing with lots of characters. And I feel like a, that's a traditional Star Wars thing. Also, that there were so many diverse people around the table um, which we didn't have in the original trilogy. So I like that they're using this opportunity of make doing movies in that time period and fixing those problems. Agreed. Yes. Yes. And, and another woman with a speaking line. Not just a woman, but a woman of color. With a really awesome outfit. <laughs> yeah. What are the odds that happened in reshoots after all the fan criticism about the diversity? Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean. But hey, good for them. Good for listening, I guess. I, yeah. I mean, I will never like I will never bash them for actually listening and fixing things after the fact. You know, if it was everyone complaining about The Force Awakens that gave us Captain Phasma and Maz Kanata, I'll be, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it makes me respect Star Wars more for, for listening to yeah, feedback from that's fans why, and, and it, immediately making those changes, yeah. like even in the middle of production of a movie. Yeah, that's why you make, that's why we make a fuss, because we want them to do something about it. Yeah. Um, but I... It's I, I'm to the point now where I'm kind of done complaining about the lack of female characters um, and just going to focus on the, you know, diversity as a whole being very good um, yeah. and hoping that the next movie they will not have Smurfette again because we're 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 past that. I mean, it's all rumors, but it sounds like episode eight is on the right track and it sounds like Han I mean talking about the casting with Han Solo I yeah. think I think that it's just getting better and better every time and yeah. I mean this movie is a huge step forward regardless so that's awesome indeed um but yeah that whole briefing was super cool and I am really interested to see what who those characters are around the table 
because there's some we recognize, there's some that we think we might recognize. And then if there's some that they have like in the Rogue One visual guide and they're like, oh, this is this character that we know from the expanded universe who was involved in the rebellion, I might kill over and die. <laughs> that looks like that's the scene where we're going to get all our sh- our little short stories from. Yes. Ta- Tales from around the strategy table. <laughs> short story collection. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, so, yeah. we. Uh, what's next? Let's see. Oh, there's more fighting. Looks to be on Jeddah. Oh, and there's this really um, fun scene where um, Chirut is facing off against a bunch of stormtroopers and then Baze is shooting them all from snipes them all from behind so it's like Chirrut goes in and like gets their attention and then Baze is like pew 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 dead <laughs> oh these two I know right these two I tell ya it's right there come on just let them kiss I'll cry <laughs> um and there's a lot of Jin being very optimistic in the briefing and like, come on, we have hope and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, again, not the Jin I was expecting. No. Has her accent changed throughout the trailers? I didn't really notice a distinctively British accent until this one. Mm, I got a bit of it on the uh, first trailer. Yeah. She Did didn't we, talk okay. as much. I guess though. Yeah, we, we haven't heard much from her. Yeah. Um, there's more of her. There's um, more of that. Ch- like research facility on Scarif, which is very interesting. Um, them running through the forest. And then we get where um, uh, Cassian, Jin, and K2 are infiltrating the facility, which is very interesting because, um, well, A, I don't think... <laughs> interesting is a word. I don't think a Cassian's facial hair is regulation, so I think he might get, like, called out pretty quickly. <laughs> they could have had him shave or, you know, cut his hair. <laughs> but I like Jin, like, you, you just see her eyes and she looks like, what? <laughs> I love that, that her in that outfit for some reason. It, like, it just, it looks really silly and she looks so, like, super obviously out of place. Yes, she does. <laughs> well, as silly as she looks, just remember, during shooting, uh, Alan Tudyk was standing right next to them in a mocap suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone say on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was, that it would be a really fun Easter egg if K2 gets stabbed through the chest with something and then oh, with he, a rebar yeah and he pulls oh. it out and goes oh that's gonna leave a mark <laughs> i wish i could remember oh. who tweeted that because it was really funny too uh, soon <laughs> that would be he, he would do that though because that's forever too soon <laughs> um get more of those awesome shots of the x-wings going through the canyons which please give them give that to me like so much of that I want it. Um, what else? Um, oh, there's like a night shot where um, there's like, and I think that's the shot with the canyons, but it looks like there's burning going on. Um, Chirrut has a line about the force is strong. Believe in the force. He seems... Very well, we've got we've got horse. our peg warmers in that scene. <laughs> oh, uh, the, the, the two, two tubes, tubes guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are going to be the Zuvios, I think. Zuvios. Oh, poor. Costal I like their Zubio. design. 
Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Which uh, is why they're going to make a billion of them. And people are going to go, who are those dudes again? <laughs> there's a really cool shot of Bodhi where he's looking, he's like behind something and it looks like, I, I, I hate to say it, but it looks like it might be Bodhi's last stand. Oh. I know. Um, and then we get X-Wings fighting in space. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Those X-Wings that are going through the space station and ta- and attacking the turret towers and then there's the rebel fleet in the background yes. there ah yeah it's it's a very um quick shot where you can see the um you can see the fleet in the background and actually um admiral nick who writes for 1138 um marked all of the capital ships <laughs> so if you go to his twitter you can find um all of the different types of ships that are there. Let's see. There are some Nebulon B frigates, a couple hammerheads, some GR-45 transports. Yeah. Hey, stop that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the gif of that now. And that pilot who's like screaming, I'm like, who are you? I want a story about you. Please. I love that pilot. I know. Him and the laughing guy. The guy from yeah. the from the sizzle reel. Yeah. I, want I love it. this guy's helmet too. Like the colors are different. I, like, have we seen helmets like that before? Well, oh wait, oh, wait. actually, <laughs> I set you up for that one. You did. Thank you, Danny. So, uh, yelling X-wing pilot guy has a design on the front of his helmet um, that's like a circle and lines going through it. This design can be seen on many other X-wing pilots' helmets, and. If you look at the helmets, they're actually, they use similar designs in all of them. Like a lot of them use the starboard, obviously. There's sort of little Vs um, that are on Wedge's helmet, also on Poe's helmet. And then on Poe's helmet, there's like a circle and then like a squiggly design going back from the circle that is also on Wedge's helmet. So it seems like they have these symbols that are on a lot of helmets um and I, I i i've never seen anything where they mean something other than the starboard obviously um but it would be cool if they did and specifically this design on the front of the guy's helmet is i'm like that's on witch's helmet and then i looked at every pilot that is in um the that is like a shown in the Empire Strikes Back. And they all have that symbol on their helmet. Every member others. of Rogue Group has Every that Every member of Rogue Group has that symbol on their helmet. So this is where so wait, I... Just to be clear, you're talking about the symbol between the two Rebel Alliance symbols, like down the center of the helmet? Yes. The, okay. The yeah. circle with like the, the, the black circle and the lines going through mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So that that is you if you look up, you know, just Google West uh, Wedge and Chili's helmet, West Jansen helmet, hot like and I looked and I'm like, wait, Luke has that. And then I'm like, I have to go check. So I Googled West, I Googled Hobby, I Googled Dak, and I Googled Zev, all of the pilots who talk in Empire. And Big they Dark Lighter has it too. Yeah. So I'm seeing now. So yeah, I know a lot of them have it and I mean, it might just be something that a lot of them have and it doesn't mean anything, but I like to propose the conspiracy theory that 
they they created the squadron and named it out of memory to the the these guys or that this has all been a deflection and there are rogues in this movie <laughs> brian's staring at me you, you, they're gonna call out a lieutenant antilles at some point i on the calm. will die no i'm assuming brian is staring at you with like major infatuation at the moment <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> well i mean there's a reason we got married <laughs> right i i see it <laughs> i'm the only person who can out nerd him with pilot actually no that's not sure i know there's a lot of other people brian actually out nerds me when it comes to pilots but He's letting me talk. You should talk Not now. Not today. Brian, you should talk about pilots. I, I, I can't muster words because I am just flailing so much over that. But God, and then the X-Wings and the Y-Wings going through the rainy canyon. and uh. we've, been, we've been spoiled with pilot stuff lately, thanks to the Antilles extraction. And I hope we get more of them. And yeah, someone mentioned that if we get call-outs to... Antilles and Darklighter and other pilots that we know, I will I will scream and Well, and they don't even have to show Wedge on screen. They just have to get uh, David Ancrum who did the overdub. Yeah. Well, now Wedge. and now I'm looking at this pilot guy and I'm like, could this pilot guy be anyone we know? Like, could it be like a pilot that we are familiar with and they just, you know, recast them? It's possible. It could be Wedge. <sighs> Is it Corin? No, it's... it's... <laughs> Corin wasn't a pilot during this time. This is a new era. <laughs> That's true. I think Corin was actually too young to be a pilot at this time. Was he? Yeah, he's younger than Wedge by, yeah, but by five years or so. That would be like Luke's age. He could be, though. He could do it. Yes, except we're still... Yeah, maybe. No, it's the same time as A New Hope. Yeah, right, He'd right. He'd be like 19. Yeah. Excuse me, it's three to four days before A New Hope. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's too young. <laughs> um, but yes, I want to um, know more about this guy. And um, let me see. I'm looking at, um, yeah, I just I just got the, I don't think he's someone we know because he's wearing a different color flight suit. Um, he's wearing green instead of orange. But um, yeah, he's definitely got that symbol on it. I we leading up to Rogue One, we've talked a lot about how it's just exciting to see the original trilogy era on screen again, and and like seeing Yavin and seeing the hangar in those previous trailers was great. But seeing like I know we saw X wings flying and, and the Force Awakens, but it was just it was a little different. And just seeing like this very same time period, seeing new space battles with X wings in the same time period on the big screen is yeah, just and. Gonna be yeah. Not only just the X-Wings and space battles, but they're every bit as grimy and banged right. up as they were in uh, A New Hope. The one thing I'm really interested about this, these space battles in particular is they don't have a grounding character that we know of. And that's why I have all these conspiracy theories going on. Because, like, originally, for The Force Awakens, their idea was to kill off Poe at the beginning of the movie. Um and I think about it, I'm like, I don't how I don't know if it would have the end of the movie would have worked because you don't have that character to go into to do the Star Killer basis assault. 
As much as I love Nia Nub, he's not going to carry that scene the way Poe did. Right, because we know Poe, and we're like, yes, we want to follow Poe and watch him destroy this. Yeah, it's a cool scene, regardless, and it has to be done, but you don't know... You, you wouldn't know the other people. You know Poe. It's That's the reason why they put Lando in charge of the attack on the Death Star in Return of the Jedi, because then you, ha- you have a character that you know that you can follow through that assault. Otherwise... So- so do you think that they're one of the characters that we've already met is a, is going to be a pilot in this and we just haven't realized that yet? Or do you think there's a major pilot character that we just don't know about at this point that's going to play a big role in this? I either of them like, yeah, because I, I like I'm trying to figure out how story wise how they do it, because, yes, the line is rebel spaceship striking from a hidden base. So obviously that has to happen, but we're following this group who's stealing the plan specifically. So when we jump to the, the battle scenes, is this just stuff going on in the background that they're just going to like show glimpses of happening? Or are we actually going to be following someone? And I mean, that's, I'm really curious how that is going to work. I mean, if it's just X-Wings fighting, I'll be fine with that. <laughs> I just it's really curious how they're going to do that without actually having a grounding character. Yeah. And it's just it's just so formulaic for Star Wars at this point, right? To have the the sky battle happening and the ground battle happening. Yeah. And to be following characters through both. Yeah. I mean, that's why you have Anakin as silly as I think it is, that's why you have him go out and destroy the Trade Federation ship. Because otherwise, <laughs> there's no one there we care about, you know. Yep. Um, so, yeah. X-Wings, yay. <laughs> in conclusion. In conclusion. In conclusion, X-Wings. Um, in conclusion, we see K2 flying the shuttle, which he can fly. Um, or he's the only survivor. Oh. There's a shot. No, I think Jin survives and gets PTSD as a result. That's terrible. Why would you say that? Soul yeah, disability representation. There's an intro. There's a good shot of Cassian with a bunch of soldiers behind him. It's very diverse looking, except they're all men. I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to mention it anymore, but I did. <laughs> you could have had a lady there. It's not going to kill you. They fought in the war, too. Um, also, I know we're all about Cassian and his Imperial uniform, but he looks good in this shot, too, I just gotta say. He does. Is that the, uh, shot with him in the vest and he's kind of smoldering? He did. Yeah, it's, it's he, a jacket. he is smoldering. Jacket. That's a good shot. <laughs> yeah, jacket, not vest, but yeah. Um, there's a shot of Matt, of Galen, like, in the rain, looking up, and he's in trouble. Um... <laughs> And then there's the shot of Saw where he's saying, save the rebellion, save the dream. And I also think this is his uh, going out with the blaze of glory moment, maybe. Yeah. Hashtag save the dream. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, A new um, a new walker, the at act. (laughs) At act. At act. Um, yes, we know A-T-A-C-T. I don't like the shot of Baze and Cheru looking like they're about to be squashed. Yeah, that's scary. They need to hug each other and 
go out together. What? I agree. I agree with that sentiment. <laughs> um. So yeah, was there anything else from the trailer that we wanted to pick out? Uh, Any other shots? Uh, just an overall sentiment of just how freaking gorgeous the cinematography is. Uh, Gareth Edwards has a way with framing and just knows his camera inside and out. And the landscapes he's able to get are just incredible. I mean, a little while ago, Kathy Kennedy was talking about a, well, a reason they went with Gareth Edwards was because she was so impressed with how he worked a camera. And yeah, it's it shows here in this trailer. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the scenes that we kind of glazed over, I think it's actually when they're breaking her out of prison. There's they show like this marketplace and it pans up and you can see the Star Destroyer like hovering over the planet. Yeah. Um, just another one of those gorgeous shots. And I think that is is kind of showing i think that this film is also going to do is show like the oppression of the empire in a way that the originally trilogy didn't do and we've seen this a little bit in rebels but really just kind of hitting home that like the empire isn't just a bunch of bad guys up on the death star like it's it's existing on these planets and impacting the normal peoples in a really negative way yeah i um I'm really interested to see more of Jin and Cassian going undercover and how that comes about and when it happens in the movie. Like, I'm wondering if that's when we get that shot of them, like, running through the Canary Wharf train station. Um, <laughs> and, like, all the lines from the trailer were really cool. I'm really liking the characters more now. And I... Mostly it's how the story all flows together. And I, I, I had the same feelings for The Force Awakens where we saw different scenes. So we knew like there was going to be a battle on a forest planet. You know, we knew, saw there was going to be a lightsaber fight in a forest. We saw there was going to be like X-Wings fighting over a lake. We, you know, knew there was all the scenes on Jakku, but I was, I kept trying to piece them all together in my mind of what happens when and like the flow of the plot. And I haven't been able to f do that for this movie and I doubt I will <laughs> before it comes out. So I'm glad that even though we know kind of where it's going, that I'm still keeping me guessing with the plot yeah i'm excited about that too and i think again star, you know modern star wars is, is kind of two for two on that front i think with the marvel movies for example like you know literally literally everything if you're watching all the trailers you know everything's going to happen by the time you go sit down in those movies yeah. but i think star wars is doing a really good job of of you know showing a lot of good stuff to get us excited but not like you not making it obvious like what is happening and, and how it all fits together. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to sit in the theater and, and see like the puzzle fully assembled. Yeah. There was, there were a few times in the force awakens where I'm like, well, we haven't seen this shot yet, or we haven't seen this yet. Or, you know, you get to a certain landscape and you're like, okay, I know, I know what's going to happen here. The main mm -hmm. was, was the, it's the resistance thing. Yeah. But, yeah. I was okay with that because it was still such a cool moment that, you know, like I knew it was coming and I was waiting for it. And Slash, then, you could have called that coming regardless of oh, whether yeah. you'd seen the footage of it. Like, yeah. And I think that, at that point, and like, I think that's why they did it because they yeah. were like, eh, you're going to, you're going to know anyway. You exactly. Know? Um, 
So yeah, um, I'm really excited. I still kind of have the feeling like Rogue One is a tide over for me <laughs> to episode eight, but I'm really- you can't do much better of a tide yeah, over Yeah, I mean, that. it's not like I'm not super excited, but I definitely am more excited for the episodes, but I'm really glad they did this one first for the standalones because I'm really excited for the era and- I just I think it's going to be a really interesting story that everyone can kind of go into and know what's going on because we've all seen A New Hope a billion times. I'm kind of interested to think about, you know, again, doing these standalone movies is a new thing for them. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, obviously right now we're getting a lot of ancillary material, you know, with Catalyst coming out and and these two books we announced for for next year. But it's going to be interesting to see if these characters continue to be present or if, you know, once we pass the the thrill of the movie a few years from now, like, are they just are we just never going to hear from them again? Like, mm-hmm. what role are the characters from these standalone films going to end up playing in the larger Star Wars saga as a whole? Yeah, that's a good point, because um, we don't really hear of these characters after this, especially mm-hmm. if they're dead. <laughs> Um, and if it, if it really will be kind of one and done, like that was their movie, that was their time yeah. to shine. We got a couple books while it was done and then that's it. Or if they are going to be popular enough slash important enough to like have this continued legacy that that will go through and then maybe even see older versions of maybe some of these people show up in episode eight or nine or some other in some other sort of way, you know, down the road for whatever Lucasfilm has for us next. Yeah. And I'm it, it's funny that I'm actually getting more excited about the Han Solo movie because of Rogue One. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because like, I just see how they're, how they're doing this movie and how they're treating it. And then like the casting news I see for the Han Solo movie makes me think like, it's not just going to be a stereotypical Han Solo movie. Like it's good that they're actually going to do something different with it. Um so I'm hoping that they do that. And then I'm also really super excited to see what the third standalone movie is uh, that they still have not told us what it's about. And I really hope it's not about Boba Fett. <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a Rogue One trailer. It was really good. I'm going to go watch it again as soon as we're done here. Can we have it be December now? Uh, I wish. Hey, by the way, can you tell us when we can buy the tickets? I'd like to give you money. Yeah, I want to do that because I want to buy the tickets at the, the reserved seating theater so we don't have to wait in line. <laughs> so funny story. My significant other, bless her soul, is not quite as big a Star Wars fan as me. And uh, last month we were having dinner and she was like, oh, by the way, I've planned a surprise for uh, December 16th at 8 p.m. So just mark your calendar for that. And I was like, that's literally the one day for the rest of the year that I have something planned. <laughs> <laughs> and and I did. I actually figured out what it was and it's not Rogue One. So I'm actually not going to go to the midnight premiere because we have other exciting plans for that night. So um, I'm going to have to just go off the Internet for 24 hours until Friday when I'm able to see it. Oh, oh wait, but wait, because the the. Is it 16th it comes out or the... Or whatever whatever the Thursday night okay, is. Okay, because I was going to say this. We're going to go see Harry Potter live in Symphony instead, and it's going to be oh. amazing. And I'll go see Rogue One on Friday. It's Okay, it's hard to turn that down. I, I uh, do exactly not fall to right. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Danny, as we're wrapping up here, where can we find you online? 
Well, if you want to uh, hear me wax poetic about how Corin and Mirax have the trashiest romance of all time. Do we ever? Listen to Rogue Padron, a podcast of the Far, Far Away Radio Network. Um, and otherwise, my Twitter handle is Cerulean Snidget. Um, and speaking of Harry Potter, got a little Potter project in the works that I'm real excited about and going to be announcing more about that soon. So if you're a fan, check it out. Are you going to be talking about all the five Fantastic Beasts and where to find them <laughs> movies? <laughs> this project has literally nothing to do with <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up the show there. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has brought, been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Check out the links on the blogs. Help us keep the lights on for this show and every other show we've got on the Tashi Station Network. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. -E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store and Stitcher and Google Play. If you like what you hear, do leave a review. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. Stay tuned next week because we also have, in the episode planned, a couple little mini-interviews with Tim Zahn and Chuck Wendig. Yay! So stay tuned. See you next time. Bye! Bye! This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, 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 oh